and welcome back to another episode of Deets for Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today we are going to be doing all things MCU phase 3. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, and in particular the first part of phase 3 because phase 3 has like a lot of films in there like I think more than or maybe just under phase 1 and phase 2 combined which is insane like actually insane um so just like the other mcu episodes um it's going to be spoiler filled so the films that we're going to be talking about in this episode are captain america civil war doctor strange guardians of the galaxy volume 2 spider-man far from uh, not far from home homecoming sorry uh thor ragnarok and black panther so those are like the first six i want to say films of this phase and we're going to be talking about those spoilers obviously please if you haven't watched those films already just for a recap i would strongly recommend doing that because then you can like be on the same page as i am uh about these films or you can listen to this and then like re-watch them again and see if you can pick out some of the stuff that i said this time i don't know it's up to you um but this is this is gonna be a very interesting episode because phase three is is huge so let's get into it now let's start off with captain america civil war and this is a really interesting film to start off phase three and i think it really sets the tone for phase three it's like very high stakes tension infighting like intensity and then like when you watch the film you do feel that intensity every single time you rewatch it. And I think there are so many things of this film that I really loved, but there are a lot of films when I was rewatching it that I really didn't like. Um, so let's start off with this. So the repetition of the car scene. So you know the car scene where, this is major spoilers, so please, please click off if you haven't seen the, the films. But yeah, these are major spoilers. But you know when he, uh, Bucky, ends up killing Tony Stark's parents? Like, the repetition of that scene throughout the film, but, like, giving you more information each time, I thought was a very interesting touch. Because, like, it's, like, one of the first scenes that you see in the film. And then, like, you think nothing of it. But because it's the first scene, you should be thinking in your head, this is important, this is going to come back and haunt us in some way. And boy, oh boy, did it, like, dupe us and then give us the plot twist. And it was just insane. Absolutely insane. And the fact that they even did, like, a little taster of that in um, the Winter Soldier film was insane. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to insert a clip here of me and Leah talking last episode about that. Last thing I want to say... Civil, you know the Civil War plot twist. We're not going to get into it because it's spoilers for this episode. Uh, not for, for the next episode. But. Yes. The Civil War plot twist. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you noticed this, but it was kind of teased in this film. Was it? Yeah. The Russo brothers were smart. Wait, at what point? Um, so you know when um, they meet, what's his name? Computer guy. Oh, Arnim Zola, yeah. Yeah, him, Zola. He... You, there were a bunch of flashes of images on the screen mm. when he's talking about some of the um, some of the things that Hydra were... Oh, the missions that they've done. Yeah. Yeah. And Howard Stark 
shows up as a picture. Does he? Yeah, with like X's on his eyes. Ooh. I didn't notice that. I, I, it's a blink and you'll miss it type thing. Right. But it was very like, I don't know whether it was intentional, but I feel like it was. Because for, so, for mm. having someone like Howard Stark, right? And then linked with Hydra, right? And then I'm not going to say anymore because it will spoil the plot. <laughs> but it's it's cool. You wouldn't... You, I didn't notice that. Mm. And I didn't think they would have teased that that A early on. Easter egg. That's yeah. Clever. Huh. See? How insane is it? Like, how insane is it that in the first not the first the second captain america film they kind of because it's directed by the same people like the russo brothers they managed to give this little i don't know whether it was intentional but it did really feel intentional to me when i rewatched it so i thought that was amazing um but let's talk about more of the the bulk of the film in general like the sokovia accords team captain iron man and if i had to weigh in on who what team i was right Honestly, when this film came out, I was very much Team Cap. I was like, yeah, rights, you know, the superheroes should get rights. But the more you think about it, and the other TV shows that I've seen, or like TV shows and films, and I specifically mean The Boys, um, I watched that and I was thinking, realistically, like in a world with superheroes, you need regulations, right? You need laws in place, otherwise, the world will descend into chaos so i'm kind of like i understand why they did the sokovia accords but at the same time i like so i am kind of team more team iron man now but i still think they are still people at the end of the day even though they are like superhuman people they should still get the rights that they deserve but it's such a complicated thing like if you inserted this into real life like, it's such a complicated thing to try and justify superheroes not having rights or having rights to begin with. It's just, it is insane. Um, so I'm kind of in the middle with those. Um, other things that I really um, enjoyed about this film. So Wanda, so Wanda Maximoff and Natasha Romanoff they really shone in this film. Like, all the fight scenes that they were in in this film were incredible and I absolutely loved them um this is where we start to see like their chemistry build a little bit and like we're starting to see the makings of like some strong female characters in the MCU obviously Black Widow has been there for like ages and she's been setting the benchmark but we needed another one and I, I like the fact that Wanda and Natasha had a lot of time to interact with each other um it was nice Baron Zemo, right? So he's the villain. And I have to ask myself this, as like him being a villain, is that was it just a coincidence? Because a lot of what he does is very much dependent on things going a specific way. And I just think if one thing would have gone wrong, I think it would have been a very different conversation. You know, I don't think Baron Zemo is, was a very strong villain. It was more they were against each other than anything. And I get that that was the point that he was trying to, that's what he was trying to do. But I don't know, it just, it didn't feel really effective. I don't know, it was just 
it felt very weak. Baron Zemo felt very weak as a villain. But he is coming back for the Winter Soldier and Falcon, um, what's it called? TV show on Disney Plus. So that'll be interesting to see how he comes into it. Um, other things, a lot of new things were introduced into this film. Black Panther was introduced in this film. Spider-Man was introduced in this film. Giant Man was introduced in this film. And I know Ant-Man's already been introduced, but like Giant Man, come on. That's like iconic to another level. So we have to give it the credit that it deserves. So all three of those things being introduced into, into this like film was insane. Um, but one thing I have an issue with that is the fact that does it then make it more of an Avengers film? And this is a big debate that loads of people have. It's like whether Captain America Civil War was like Avengers 2.0. Uh, no 2.5 sorry <laughs> and I have to I have to agree after re-watching it it really I get that it was like Bucky centric and Captain America was like I guess presented if you want to call it as the winning side because he can't like the way that um the way that the um story goes it kind of makes Tony out as the antagonist um, but I just, I don't think it was strong enough to be a Captain America film, you know? There was just too much going on from different side characters that you kind of, you kind of lose the emphasis on Cap. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. Let me know what you guys think. Do you think it's Avengers 2.5 or do you think it is well-deserving to be a Captain America film? Uh, I don't like Sharon Carter. I think... <sighs> If you think of long-term MCU, what they have done with her character is not great um, because they made her like Sharon's, no, not Sharon, what's her name? Peggy, Peggy's niece. And then they also kissed, which was kind of icky, especially considering Endgame's ending. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not good. Um, I. I really hope they do her justice because she's also returning for um, Falcon and Winter Soldier um, TV show. So we'll see, we'll see. Airport scene was incredible when they all came together and fought. That was absolutely incredible. Helicopter scene. All I have to say is helicopter scene and everyone will know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say more. You already know what I mean by the helicopter scene. And the plot twist, I already mentioned this, but the plot twist is like such a big thing for this film. I don't know, it was incredible. I don't think anyone would see it coming unless you really dissected the Winter Soldier, but yeah, plot twists um, are a heavy theme in uh, MC Phase 3, but yeah. And before I finish, I just wanna say one really funny thing is that why is it that sunglasses and a, like a baseball cap equals like Clark Kent mode for Falcon and for Cap because they did that and I was thinking you have the most recognizable faces like ever and you're just wearing a cap and sunglasses you know it it bothered me I was like I'd be able to spot them a mile away and then they just did this you know it's a bit disappointing but you know next we have Doctor Strange and I think this film is very interesting and I'll tell you why. 
for someone who would not know anything about the MCU, like, at all, and you came in and your first film was Doctor Strange, I feel extremely sorry for you. Because when it came out, it was like Inception meets, like, I don't know, Wizards, you know? And the opening scene of this film, for like anyone who doesn't, is just not into Marvel, it is completely trippy and insane. And you would just be like, what the heck is going on? And honestly, even someone who is like a big MCU fan would just not know what's going on either because it's like very fast paced to begin with and it's like it throws you into the deep end and all the mystic and you all get to see all of the magic that's used. It's crazy. Um, And I like the fight scene with the Ancient One and Kaecilius at the beginning. Um, So there are loads of things that I wanted to mention about this film. Firstly, I wanted to get a little bit controversial. Is the Ancient One whitewashing? Whitewashing is something I mentioned in my ethnic representation episode. If you have not listened to that episode, do give it a listen. It's pretty good, um, if I do say so myself. And this one was very controversial because the Ancient One is meant to be Asian. And they casted um, Tilda Swindon, who is incredible. I do love Tilda Swindon. Um, but... I just think with the lack of representation of Asian um, Marvel characters, you could have done one. You could have just given that one thing. You know what I mean? Like, you could have made the Ancient One Asian. It wouldn't have... It's, I find it annoying to have to have this conversation because it's not difficult to find different actors because... You, if you go out and actually look, you can find excellent and brilliant actors and actresses to play these roles. And I don't know, I just think, I do think she does an amazing job, but I think it's on Disney for not doing that or whoever was in charge of casting because you, you had an opportunity there and you blew it. So that's the only thing I kind of was really irritated about in this film. Let's continue with the down points of this film. Um, Rachel McAdams' character, I firstly, Rachel McAdams, incredible, but I want her to have a more important role in the second one. If she does, if she's not in the second one at all, I think what a waste of a character. Cause she, she has so much potential. Like she could have been cast for maybe a different superhero, you know? Like, she is... Rachel McAdams is really cool. And then you've just given her this. It's kind of like... Yikes! Um, so... That's, I just make her make her have a better role in the second one if you're gonna put her in the second one. Another thing I wanted to say is... Fight scenes in this film. A lot of the times I'm asking myself... Why did you need to do that in the fight scene? Like, there's a lot of scenes where... They just walk on the wall for no reason other than to show that they can walk on the wall. You know what I mean? Like, you want to show that you can do all these things, but there's no purpose for it. Like, I remember Strange, like, chucks something at one of the henchmen of Kaecilius, and it, like, shatters across the floor. But, like, if you jumped over it, it would be a lot more effective than walking on the wall and then walking back onto the floor. 
Like, I don't know. That bit just really irritated me. If you know what bit I'm talking about, it was really frustrating. And I was just like, come on. You can do so much better. Come on. Like, you, you, you have such interesting powers. Make them be used in a way that is also interesting, not boring. And I feel like a lot of the fight scenes kind of did that. It was to just show that they could do it rather than put them in a situation where it would make sense for them to use it. Um, I think other than that, there was a lot of good things about this film. The CGI artist, well, let's, let's, let's take a moment to just really appreciate the CGI artist's work in this film. It is actually incredible. Visually, this film is stunning and we have to salute those CGI artists who spent hours upon hours working on making that what is real scene look incredible when Doctor Strange is like being shown the mystic arts for the first time. Like, and a lot of this, the last battle scene, not the last battle scene, the second to last one, right before the ancient one dies, um, was incredible, insane. Like, whoa. <laughs> and I think, what else did I want to say? The colour part of this film is good. The soundtrack of this film is very, like, mystic-y, if that's a word. Um, other things that I really liked is that there was a scene where he was operating on himself and I thought that was, like, the most hilarious thing. Like, he's just, like, out of his body, like, telling um, Dr. Palmer what to do. Oh my god, that was so... That was actually incredible. Um, when I was watching this film, again, the, the, was, oh, I don't remember the thing. What's the thing called? I want to call them a cult now, but they're not a cult. The, the studying group of, like, the people who are learning the mystic arts, they really did radiate cult vibes, right? Like, the way that the, um, ancient one kind of, like, brought Doctor Strange in, then he was just like studying and learning stuff right but then they were like teaching him to fight and like it's like i don't know the ulterior motives and like everything being quite like blanketed and like not telling everyone who i don't know it felt like mild cult vibes and then when dr palmer said it that i was just like it's like they're listening to me you know it was it was just great i that was pretty great um other than that, I think the two big things is I want Dormammu to reappear. Dormammu is such a big villain that, like, he needs to return at some point. It would be a shame if he didn't return at some point. Because he is a very interesting villain. And if we get, like, some maybe backstory or, like, some... I don't know. Just, he is a dark entity that needs to be explored more. So I'm excited to see if that does happen in the future. And finally, I love the fact that he was just so stubborn and rude for the majority of this film. And at the end, he finally gained some humility. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Character growth in a Marvel film? This is crazy. <laughs> no, there is a lot of character growth in Marvel films. But that quickly in this film was quite, was quite interesting. I liked it. And he was quite studious and like you got to see very different sides of him when he went to the um to Carmitage. It was like it was very interesting. It was a it was a good 
way to show his character now is like ready to face more difficult and villainous creatures in the future. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Volume 2, was incredible. And I think a lot of people like to diss it because it's not the first one. The first one was incredible, don't get me wrong. But this one is like, you guys should give it a lot more credit. It's really good. The So I know I said colour palette in... Um, in in Doctor Strange was good, but Guardians of the Galaxy was like another level. Like I've wrote it in capital letters in my notes. The color palette is absolutely incredible in this film. Like James Gunn, you did a good bloody job. It is incredible, so lovely. And the beginning Baby Groot opening sequence is so clever. Like we have seen so many the reason why it's so clever is that we have seen so many different fight scenes right in the mcu we know what it's going to be like they do a fighty fighty and a punch punch and like a stab stab and then like they die <laughs> right and like they defeat whoever they need to right especially if it's early on in the film um but then you give us this fight scene where your focus isn't the fight itself it is Groot dancing around while all of them get their their butts kicked which I think is really really clever and like it makes it more enjoyable to watch the fight scene because you just see Groot just like dancing along to a song um and then also like just <laughs> just everyone struggling in the background like not to hurt Groot and then also telling like um Groot to get out of the way and stuff it's just it's great honestly um and i do think that in itself also sets the tone for the film being quite fun colorful and um i don't know really interesting ego's planet was gorgeous don't get me wrong he was a villain right but i am still allowed to fangirl about the fact that his planet was actually really really pretty and i would love to live on there if it meant that ego was not alive you know i would just that would be very helpful um that would be like my deciding factor of whether i went there or not um mantis is criminally underrated she is incredible in this film she is so not talked about enough and i think mantis you know i have high hopes for her in the future she's going to be cool in the future um and i think my favorite thing like this was a very quill centric film but i love the fact that rocket and yondu went on their own little adventure and we got to hear a little bit more about yondu and rocket's backstories and their character development in this film was really incredible like you could start to see rocket actually caring um about his like family that he's ha has now in the guardians and then Yondu actually opening up and like trying to help Rocket by using his own past experiences and his experiences with the um is the Ravengers? I think it's the Ravengers. But one thing that I didn't like about this film was was there too many plot lines? Like you had Aisha, you had the Ravengers, you had Yondu and his crew you had 
ego and his like planet situation you had nebula <laughs> like it just felt like there was a lot at the end it's like at the end it just felt like everything was all meshed together and i really don't know how to feel about that um i mean it worked but in some ways i feel like the aisha storyline didn't really serve much of a purpose other than it's setting up adam warlock you know what i mean i don't know it just felt like it was there uh the plot twist was really incredible as i said there's a lot of plot twists i forgot to mention in the doctor strange one but the ancient one drawing um dark energy from the dark dimension was like the plot, twi plot twist of that one then we have another plot twist in this one where uh ego killed quill's mom big big plot twist um and yeah like that was like a shock in the cinema big time um what i will say though is that um the humor in this film really does work a lot of mcu films try too hard like i mentioned in the other episode with the age of ultron stuff like age of ultron it's it just it wasn't it and then this film comes along and it uses the humor in this film and runs with it and makes it work in a way that doesn't feel really forced or cringy which is really cool um and then the final thing i have to say really is the dynamic of the team in this film was really good like all of them really bounced off of each other extremely well and yeah i think this film is really incredible i don't really have much else to say about it so now after spider-man homecoming i feel like it's good to move on to another strong film and that being for ragnarok wait a minute did someone mention my favorite marvel film wait who is this <laughs> <laughs> well it's uh the ghost of christmas past it is you... leah coming back to haunt you oh my god leah you're back where, where did you come from back and better than ever <laughs> So yes, I decided for Leah to come back for this segment of the show because she is the biggest Loki fan. Yes. <laughs> so therefore she deserves <laughs> yeah. to talk about Thor this Ragnarok. Film. Yeah? This film, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'll let you start. Well, so this film with the man, the myth, the legend, Taika Waititi directing it, legend and he did he formed a miracle with this film the previous two thor films they're some like the lowest rated films in the whole mcu and he came along with this film and he just he worked wonders he did great it's an amazing film he really did he really did i think um, when i rewatched this film the my trademark phrase of what i was saying throughout this film was oh yeah <laughs> because a lot of this film, I forgot what happened. Bro, you did this with every Thor film. I know, but like, there's a lot in this film that happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, Hela is Thor and Loki's sister. You forgot that. No, 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 but think about it, right? There's a lot of things where you're just like, oh, this was in this film. It's not that I forgot. Oh, right. It was more like, this was in this film? wait a minute that's doctor strange it, exactly it. <laughs> it's just like yeah. this is so much oh mm -hmm. yeah four loses an eye oh yeah just casual 
It, it was just, I think that was my staple phrase for this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. So, Hella. I actually think, as we've mentioned before, Marvel villains can be a bit of a hit or a miss. I think, personally, she was a pretty good villain. I think that she did, I, I want to say the best Thor villain, apart from Loki, best Thor villain so far. I do think that was difficult, but even so, best <laughs> Thor so far. And I think Kate Blanchett did a really good job of her. Um, I think she did a really good job. There is only one thing that I criticise about okay. it, and I think that's more to do with the way that the CG and fight coordinating was done. Right. There's a specific scene in the in this film. It's when Hela is fighting Asgard, the gods of Adgars. As- Ad- Ad- I can't speak. Asgard, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a tongue twister. It is a bit of a tongue twister. So they she's fighting them and the fight scene and the choreography it felt really weird right i don't know why it felt like this to me but every time i watch that scene i'm like it doesn't feel very natural okay wait the one where they're sort of in that circle um or like when she first comes which one there are quite a few it's the one where she where she comes out of the castle is it where she and, makes a speech and she's like, yeah, she's like, you, you don't just hear me like that one. Yeah, 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 that one. yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah I just think that was most of her fight scenes are really good in this film, but that one really bothered me. Really? Mm. And I quite liked it because I thought it showed like how good of a fighter she was because she literally took down all of them on her ones. Like, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that is impressive, but I feel yeah. like if they executed it a little... I think it's nothing to do with Kate Blanchett. I think it's nothing to do with the character. Mm-hmm. I think it was the coordination. Okay. Yeah. No, that's okay. Mm. That's fine. That, yeah. Valid criticisms. And I well, think I- also Hella looks better without her headdress than she does with. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean... They do like their uh, elaborate head accessories in Asgard, don't they? Like, they really go for it. They really do. They really do. And uh, hers is definitely the most elaborate so far. Mm. It's, it's a bit much. I, yeah, I can see that. It's a little bit much. I don't know. I just liked the the long black hair. She looked very emo when she oh. had her hair out. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of am living for these vibes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, Valkyrie also love her. I hope she gets. I mean, maybe saying that I hope she gets her own film is a little bit ambitious, or just more of a backstory to her. I'd love to see more about the Valkyries mm. because that, that you know that one scene where Hela's like you know fighting all of them. Like it's such a beautiful scene. It looks so cool with it all flying in. Ah, oh, that was cinemato- cinema- cinematically aesthetic. Is that the yes. right word? Yeah, that's the right word. That's the right word. It was great. So I, I want to know more about them because they look very interesting and very badass. Mm. Yeah. I think so, it's going to happen eventually. So who else? Jeff Goldblum playing the grand Grandmaster. Amazing. Oh, he is like perfect for that character. He really is. He wasn't playing a character. It was just him. It yeah. was just... They, it, it just all they said to him. Jeff Goldblum was like, wear this costume and just show up. Yeah, just be in your natural habitat then we'll just record you. 
exactly. I agree. That's plausible. It really is. For him. I just think yeah. I think Jeff Goldblum is another level of iconic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. I think my favorite joke of the entire film, and there are a lot of jokes in the film. Okay. My favorite one is probably an underrated one. Is okay. the one right at the beginning of the film where Scourge is like Des and Troy. Yeah. Because together they destroy. They destroy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That oh, is man. a good a cringy one, but a good one. <laughs> I, mean, I think my favorite one is not really a joke, it's more of a scene. It's the scene where Thor talks about when him and Loki are younger and he's like, yeah. and he transforms into a snake and then he, he oh, that it cracks me up every time just like look on loki's face i don't know whether that was improvised fun it fact was, it was improvised was it oh that makes it even better because it's just so funny and i feel like that might have been tom hiddleston genuinely just laughing it was it. <laughs> because it was it's the way chris Hemsworth acts that scene oh it was brilliant i love that scene you could tell on like mark ruffalo's face and tessa thompson's face that they didn't know what the hell was going on. No. <laughs> I don't think most people did in this film. I wouldn't be surprised if most of it was improvised. To be Honestly, fair. same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's more. There's so much we can talk about about this film. Because I just love it. I really do. If you could squeeze it up oh, more. Talk about the Sorry. I... Korg. Yes. He stole the film. Honestly. Who didn't come out of that cinema loving Korg? That Made impossible. me want to buy a pop vinyl of him. Didn't it? Oh, he's just brilliant. He just is so funny. Not even like intentionally funny. Just <laughs> He's just <laughs> out here living his best life. He is. And I love it. He is such a good character. I know obviously he's played by Taika. And you can just tell that it's <laughs> him. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I, I think... think- he has said some of the most iconic lines. It's like, you know, the rock, paper, scissors joke. Yes. And then, like, it's not a normal circle. It's a freaky circle. Yes. I'm only talking about Thor's hammer. Like, the hammer lifts you off. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> the innuendos. Love it. Oh, it was so good. I think I think he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they keep bringing him back. They have to. I think we riot. We start a revolution for Korg. If... The revolution has begun. Exactly. That's what we do for him. He deserves nothing less than that. Yeah. We have to make sure we print up enough pamphlets, though. So. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want just our uh, relatives turning up, would we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Iconic. Oh, do you have any final thoughts? Loki. Great. Again, honestly... <laughs> He can do no wrong. But okay, honestly, honestly, talking about him. This film, I feel like it really shows his sort of redemption arc. Like, by the end of the film, he turns... I mean, he's always deep down, you know, he has that goodness in him. But I feel like in this film especially, you can really see his character development. Um, And at the end, you think, wow, he's really become a good person. I can't wait to see what they do with him now. (sighs) I'm going to sigh because (laughs) I know... Because we all know what happens next, and it's so disappointing. But again, no spoilers. But uh, honestly, we don't have to blame Taker. No, it's not his fault. He doesn't direct the next film. The next, uh, 
so sad so sad but yeah great him and chris hemsworth their chemistry together brilliant brilliant get help oh brilliant (laughs) there's just so much good about this film i could honestly gush about it for ages so everyone watch it if you haven't so initially i did a recording part for this episode but i decided instead of doing a review for black panther i'm going to talk about chadwick boseman Chadwick Boseman was an incredible human being and I hate the fact that I have to say was because if you didn't know he's passed away and I am incredibly heartbroken by this because truly on screen and off screen he was an incredible inspiration like in in Black Panther he was very much like a noble king who strove to do right by people and he carried this forward um with him throughout like his everyday life you see some of the inspirational talks he does for graduates or you see you just hear some of the things that he says in interviews and you just think this is a man who knows how to carry himself with a kind heart but also leave a positive impact on the world and boy oh boy did he he made a positive impact through his role as T'Challa in Black Panther being a strong black lead superhero on screen in such an impactful film I've been hearing so many things that Ryan Coogler the director has said about him incorporating um the native language that Wakandans use in the throughout the film to um, some of the the scenes in the films to make it more impactful for the viewer and it was said that Ryan Coogler also was very weary about whether this film is going to be the right film and whether audiences are going to receive it well um, but Chadwick Boseman was very much like this is going to be big you don't see it yet but it's going to be big. And he was completely right. It was huge. And not just Black Panther, even though that's what we know him for the most. He has done so many other films um, that he has done incredible roles. He carries himself with such dignity and poise. And every actor who he's worked with can agree with that. And I think even though it is extremely sad, he he is no longer with us. He It is extremely amazing that he has left such a positive kind inspirational impact on the world um which is what anyone would really ask for and i think all of us are extremely proud of all the things that he achieved whilst battling through um his cancer So thank you Chadwick Boseman for being a part of history and continuing to make us feel inspired and determined to do what we want, do what we want to do and achieve in life, no matter what is thrown in our way. Now we've come to the difficult part where I have to rank all these films. So this is going to be controversial, but let's do it so number one spider-man homecoming number two thor ragnarok 
Number three. Ooh, number three. I'm gonna pick Black Panther. Number four, Guardians. Number five, Civil War. Number six, Doctor Strange. And to be fair, as an overall ranking for MCU films, these would all still be on the higher end. So it is time for the infamous segment of the show, which is the recommend or to the back end segment. This week, I only have one and that is a recommend and it is called The Vast of the Night. It is a film that you can watch on Amazon. So it's an Amazon Productions film. Um, and it is a 1950s type alien like if you want to call it midnight special like the one with Adam Driver and like also like it's a very low-key low stakes um alien film because yeah and without giving too much away because I really don't want to give too much away it is really good it's got two incredible actors in it um, it is a directorial, directorial um, debut of Andrew Patterson and I think I am very excited to see more from him and yeah it the pace of this film felt very different slow but also fast moving if, if that makes sense like it would linger on scenes for long but the amount that it packed in that scene that lingered is quite intense and I think this film is definitely worth a watch if you're like a fan of Stranger Things because this definitely emits like Stranger Things vibes so go give it a watch I really loved it I think you guys will love it too and let me know what you guys think of it if you did watch it so we have reached the end of the episode thank you so much for joining me um this week so if you haven't already do give the um podcast a follow on any of the streaming platforms um I definitely see there's this one person who's listening on Overcast I see you. I don't normally mention Overcast, but I'm going to shout it out today because I can see you and you're watching it. So, or listening to it because you can't see me. Um, but definitely, like, I see you watching, listening to me. Um, so thank you. But the main ones that you can see me on are Spotify and uh, Google Podcasts. You can give a follow there. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it's a subscribe. And whilst you're on Apple Podcasts, please give me a rating review. It would be so helpful. If I get enough, my plan is to read some out at the end of the show. Um, so definitely do it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give it a rating and review. It would be really, really appreciative. I, I would really appreciate it. Um, and if you want to know what I'm doing on like a film basis, like what am I watching generally um, that I don't talk about on the podcast, you can follow me on Letterboxd, um, and I'm underscore Nandita underscore on that. You can just see what things I've been watching, what reviews that I have of some films that I may have not have talked about. There are a lot more in-depth reviews than my recommend segment, so I did do a review on The Vast of the Night if you want to see the full review for that. Um, and then if you also want to just keep updated with the podcast, the best way to do that is following me on my social medias at Deets with Dita on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow them and you can also maybe see some sneak peeks of the episodes before they come out. And you can also, um, I guess, give some suggestions about film uh, episodes, ideas that you want. Or if you want, you know, to just just keep generally updated or do a recommend to the back end to me, like recommend me one that I can listen to or watch uh 
See, I said listen to there when I really meant to say watch. I'm definitely getting confused with this stuff. Um, but definitely follow me on those. And the next episode will be part two of the MCU um, phase three, because phase three is very bulky. So definitely stay tuned for that. And then other than that, I guess I will see you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>